Are you ready to get provoked? You're listening to Can I Live, a show created to excite, ignite, and expose. Let's tune in with your host, R.W. Jones. But I want to welcome everyone. Um, good evening. I feel like it's been a long time since we have talked, but it's only been a week. So you guys know we're on a mission to move a million moms off the welfare system, right? And in order to do that, fathers are the solution and they are not the problem. So incarcerating men for failure to pay child support, you know, having men locked up unjustly and then having these huge arrearages when they come home, driver's license taken away, you know, all of those just exacerbates the overall issues. We believe fathers are not deadbeats, but dead broke. Majority of the child support systems are filled with men, particularly black and brown men who are also low income. Now, I'm sure your Republicans, your conservatives, they're probably out there saying, well, don't have kids if you can't afford them. Well, okay, I get it. And so we have our wonderful hosts here. We have Mr. Glenn Warren from Fathers Forever, way out there in Raleigh. You know, we're here at Can I Live? We're in DC. Then we have um, Chaplain Anthony James from Minivision Exposed. And these two men bring a beautiful balance to myself. Um, I think we, we all have had some interactions with the child support system, some more than others. Some have been horrific experiences. And today we're talking to fathers because y'all remember last week, we couldn't even find any fathers, okay? Fathers were like, listen, I'm good. I don't want to talk about it. It's painful. I don't want to have that memory. I'm not ready to talk about it. Well, we found, I think, two brave souls out there who's willing to talk to us about it, you know, and we want to find out what their stories is. So Glenn and Anthony, how y'all doing tonight? So what, I mean, did y'all talk to other guys this week to try to get more people? Or did I mean, the answers were still the same? No. Well, I got two. I got two. Okay. <laughs> Where Terrence at? I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, that Terrence was y'all's situation. I mean, we, 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 we made contact. So let me get Adam. Adam. There you go. Oh, look at that. How you doing? All right. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. How y'all doing? We're doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. I found the best backdrop I could find given the time. <laughs> no, it looks good. We always welcome backgrounds. It's like we did not get in. I'd be telling people, like, we did not get in Zoom yesterday. We've been in Zoom almost a year now. So people should have at least a background if they don't have nothing else. Um, but welcome to the Can I Live podcast. Um, very, very happy to have you as a guest today. Um, thank you, Anthony, for inviting him. I know Terrence Perry, we have one more guest. All right, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm trying to get on, so I, I guess I made it. I made it on. You made it on. Thank you. I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if that's him. And then thank you for putting that in the chat so I can know that that was actually you. So yes. welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. You know, um, I don't know how much Anthony shared, but can I live? 
we, you know, I was a welfare mom, so I'm on a mission to move a million moms from the welfare system. And I realized that I could not do that without the help of the fathers. And so the work that we've done over the last 12 years, I think everybody in this panel, um, it comes down to one thing. And, and I guess I'll let Glenn say it best because he says it best. Glenn, what's the one thing you say the systems were created to, you know, your famous phrase. I said, <laughs> we have two issues, a systemic issue and an individual issue. And uh, they can't fix one another. We have to fix both. Sometimes we focus on the system and we don't focus on the individual. So it takes a combination of fixing both of these and make it work. And the system was designed to fit, to do exactly what it's doing, but it yes. was not designed to it's fix not just, the system. Yeah, yeah. The, the system was designed to collect money from you as a non-custodial parent, not to fix the relationship between you and her. Mm -hmm. It can't fix it. It's not designed to fix it and it won't fix it. And a lot of times we get mad with the system because we think the system is going to fix the problem and it's not going to. You can frustrate yourself and you can frustrate the system. And like, as a friend of mine said, it's like teaching a pig to sing. It's impossible and it's frustrating to the pig. Mm. So, and I don't know if they, if, I don't think people have ever, I wish that was something that they just taught you in school. Like, I think we, we our lives are so entwined with these systems that we don't even know how to unravel ourselves one and don't know what is system and what is us you know right. what what part do we play well the the part that i see is we play is once you um they do the worksheet and that could be debatable whether it's fair or not that's debatable and most of the time it is but you could debate that but if the system says you're supposed to pay 310 dollars a month and if you don't pay that $310 a month on a consistent basis, you're going to have arrears. You're going to get behind. And once you get the arrears behind and she keeps doing that, they're going to eventually call you in and ask you why you're not paying. It's a show calls hearing. And if you don't have to come up with a legitimate excuse as to why you're not paying, you're going to be incarcerated. Now, you can call that a system issue or you can call that a non-compliant issue. For whatever reason, you're not paying it. Maybe you're mad with the mom. And if it's too much, you can't pay it, then perhaps you need to go back to the system and file a modification based on your income. If you're not working, you can't just not pay. You need to go to the system and file for a modification based on your inability to pay because you don't have an income. Uh, and only a judge can change that. But uh, a lot of times, guys, they don't do that. They just stop paying um are they run from you know sometimes city to city to place to place to job to job to keep from paying um and eventually they're gonna they're gonna catch up with you and when they do they're gonna put you incarcerated i love our perspectives because one hand i i don't even know what my perspective is i'll probably let y'all say but I'm going to tell y'all right now, y'all not going to get no mercy from Glenn. You're not going to get it. You might get some mercy from Anthony because he was dragged through every court system almost feels like he was just dragged and raked over. So you'll get mercy from him. You ain't getting it from Glenn. I'm going to promise you right now, man, uh, you're not going to get it. But one of the things I want to discuss with the two guests that we have today and get your hands out my pocket, the Child Support Chronicles. We talk about the lives of five men who all have different 
circumstances. I'm sure possibly one of them might have fit what Glenn sees all the time working as a court mandated fatherhood program. So, in, in, you know, to avoid incarceration, he's a diversions program, like a, a jail diversion program. So you don't go to jail, but you go to his program, which they need that in every single state in America, number one. So policy number one, diversion, divert is a divergent, diversion, diversion programs um, in every state. We got to add that to our policy piece. And so we got, we have the man of God. He got put into um, child support. He was married to a, a, a woman who wants to be first lady. He doesn't want to be, you know, and then, you know, so she's vindictive. She's controlling. She's using the child support system to get him back. You got um, Mr. Right, never right. He's the center of, of the, of the play in terms, he is the, the right guy. He's Mr. Goody Two Shoes. He loves, he d- takes care of his kids. He's Mr. Homebody, but he just chooses the wrong kids. I mean, the wrong women all the time. And he winds up in child support simply because she wants him to come back. He wants to leave because the relationship is toxic, but she's like, no, you leave. I'm going to make you pay. Then we have Bola. He's a new MBA. He just got drafted and he was actually set up um had a roof someone you know a roofie and and it was plotted against him to have these kids because they knew that he would be well off so he was the child support or the pension pawn i would say um then we have the man of god no we said man of god reckless and ratchet actually was locked up for like seven years came home for a charge he never committed but he couldn't afford an attorney and he wind up um, coming home with like $57,000 worth of debt that he had to pay. Um, Young Guns was a little 17 year old, went to Job Corps. He got a child and because the child needed welfare, he wound up being taken to court. And so you got four or five, five different scenarios, but nonetheless, they all got locked up by Judge Wu, who's like this angry, vindictive judge. Um, black woman, yes, she is. And so we are covering like all these different dynamics. So I want to ask the, 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 um, the guests, do you do any of one of you, and we could start with you, Adam, do you see yourself at any one of those characters briefly explain, or did you have an entirely different experience? Um, I could have been the goody two shoes. Could have been. I was definitely unsuspecting. Uh, got married. Okay. Age 25. Out of, out of school, out of college. Um, we bought a house, you know, um, first house, and she got a car for graduation. So we had that car payment, got the new house. And um, when the house was presented, you know, it was going to be about $450 a month. By the time we got to closing, it was $732 a month. Mm. And I wasn't going to go forward with it. I was like, no way. This is not what they told us. And really wanted to get out of that deal. But mm. she said, no, 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 by the time we do this, interest, this, that other thing, then that's what it is. I said, okay, if you think we can do it, let's do it. And we were putting our money together. So as long as we were together putting our money together, you know, it looked like a, a viable, good option. And it seemed to be going well as we got started um, because we were teammates. We were married. Uh, my case, once we had our, had our wedding, we went on a honeymoon. Uh, we actually conceived the night of our honeymoon. 
So when we get back, you know, we're pregnant, so everything changes. And when that happens, of course, you know, what you were going to do as far as getting to know one another, you know, your first year of marriage, first two years of marriage, and plan a family, you're in a family. So uh, the baby, even the notion of the baby to be born was priority, and everything just changed. So uh, add that with the debt that we accrued, upfitting the house with no blinds, <laughs> no furniture, no washer, no dryer. Uh, only thing I think I had was a refrigerator and a stove. Mm -hmm. uh, living room set, bedroom set, some stuff we piecemeal, some stuff, you know, we, we bought and bought on credit because that's, you know, she was good mm -hmm. with it. I wasn't a credit type person. Um, her mom was a, uh, uh, remarried, uh, in her second marriage. I'm a product of, um, a single parent household and we did have a guy live with us, but you know, my mom had never been married to that point. And so now here we are married and, when it doesn't go right because all the stress from all the stuff I just named, uh, not to mention, you know, you have to know how to do relationship. You have to know how to communicate. Uh, if you were fatherless, then you're not ready to be a father. If you were uh, fatherless, meaning not, you didn't have a father and a mother in your household, you're not equipped or prepared to be a father or a husband uh, for that matter. And yeah, it was it was the writing on the wall. And within two years, we were split. Um, she, we had split the bills 50-50. Um, her 50%, when she decided she was leaving, she put that towards her apartment and didn't pay those bills for a couple of three months. So by the time she left, gave me three days notice, I helped her move thinking of reconciliation, you know, if I would be amicable. Uh, turns out that wasn't gonna happen. But also turns out a week later, the water's off. <laughs> the electricity needs to be paid by this date. So, you know, when you play like that, that makes people mad. So I turn right around and say, okay, you did that to me. I'm using this credit card to pay off my student loans. You see how that goes? So it's not always just black and white. And now with the strife, uh, with the frustration, the anger, the unforgiveness, all this stuff raging, you know, you're under a curse. I didn't realize it, but we were operating under a curse, the curse of the law, as the scripture says, a generational curse. You know, her mom had been married and divorced. Her uh, uh, mom was remarried, but I, you know, I didn't really know them. How long were you guys married? We were married maybe two and a half years total. Okay, but I think we were married about a year and a half. And shortly after we found out, we, well, shortly after we had the baby, you know, we were split. We were different directions. Let me ask um, you this. Do you think if you would have had the baby, would that have strained the relationship such where you guys would have probably still been together? Or did the baby bring about another strain that just... No, I don't, I don't necessarily think it was the baby. I think women have it in their mind, some of them, deal breakers. If you do this, if you do that, then I'm out of here. Okay. And men, uh, we're not taught oftentimes in single parent households, affection, how to love, you know, temperance, how to say certain things. And so we don't know how to use, you know, those particular communication styles or tactics. You get frustrated with the things you don't see go right. And you, you, become, you, you come across as intimidating. 
Mm. And as soon as you come across intimidating, they've already been told, oh, if you do this, because maybe they've seen their father, maybe their mama's, you know, been through some stuff. And told, if he ever do this, then you need to walk. See, that's, that's well, you know, that's interesting. Wait, you, you know, so you're saying to me and what, you know, women will read between all lines and come up with a story on our own. And it will say something like, mm, what? So I get that. And that sounds great. And I, if, if women don't know anything from this conversation, you know, teach your men how to be sensitive, teach them how to control their emotions, you know, teach them how to be emotionally intelligent. And so, because then, like you said, if you never learn that stuff, and now you're in the brink of all of this pressure, how best do you then convey the emotion she needs to feel safe and stable and assured and, you know, all the things that they tell women to feel or, you know, from their husbands. So was there moments where you said deal breakers, was the pressure on and maybe the, the tone of the relationship from you? from you changed and she felt like I don't know well I mean deal breakers could be anything okay um, but we had we went from straight out of college straight into this the the, the home ownership from no debt to 72000 on the house another 20000 on a car not to mention the Kirby the washer, the dryer, the sofas you know the bedroom, the TV so we had a lot of debt so what well, we thought we had extra spending money in just a little while, there was nothing extra anywhere. And she used to get like knots in her stomach just from stress. Cause see, she was writing the checks, paying the bills. I was bringing the check home, Got giving it. it to her. Cause that's what we learned from the world, uh, which does not work. <laughs> and so by the time I realized that she's dealing with all this stress, I'm like, well, what's the big deal? I brought my check. All right. I don't do that in my current life. Um, I'll never do that again. I wouldn't recommend doing that. Okay. Because as an individual, if I were single and, and taking care of my own place, I would be responsible for all that stuff. So when I come into a relationship, guess what? You will know that I know what I'm doing and, and, and it's already working for me. <laughs> so when did the child support come in? Like, when did you realize? Cause to me, if you, if I, based on the story you just said, if you got child support papers, I know you were like, really on top of everything. Well, here's the thing. I didn't anticipate child support. I didn't anticipate uh, the fact that we would be in Splitsville in less than two years. Mm. That I just couldn't have foreseen it because marriage is supposed to be unto death do us part. Yeah. It's an eternal covenant between us and God. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the way it's sold. That's the way it's supposed to be done. But if you have deal breakers, all you need is the devil to show up and throw a monkey wrench in it and create a perception of, you know, he might be doing this or uh, this is happening or that's happened or, or, or fear or the old boyfriend or who knows. Bottom line is, let me ask you this, but you weren't a Debbie dad. You were there. So why did you wind up in child support? Okay. So to that part, once she moved out, now I'm still in this house. 
and I've got this new $732 a month house payment. If I move from this house, I, I probably hadn't built my credit to that time, wasn't familiar with credit and all that. So I couldn't just up and go move. She had plotted and planned, and I'm sure had some assistance to strategize and move. Plotted so and planned. So I'm supposed to sell a house and just run out into nowhere or go back home to live with mama. That wasn't going to happen. I got too much pride for that. So, and then I realized if I don't have a place to live and now we're talking about visitation and this kind of stuff, I'll never get to see him. Because mm -hmm. where am I going to see him at? And lo and behold, I did, you know, her attorney, she worked with, she had some direction, some counsel, some backing. So rather than getting an attorney and paying money that I didn't have to an attorney to fight over what? That's misdirecting resources. Mm -hmm. And I was already beginning to, oh, I had been paying what I could afford. But mind you, I needed to have a roof over my head, okay, so that when the visitation came, the child could have a place to come see dad. See, for some reason, for some reason, people have a tendency to think that you're supposed to instantaneously be on the ball, Johnny on the spot, and come up with his money right after this breakup happened, right after this divorce or, or whatever happened. You just got to be on the ball or else you need to be penalized. And so a couple months that went by and, um, you know, I had reconciled that, you know what, I've got to deal with this, but I was broke. When you split up two, a two-income a, uh, two income household, now you're down to what? Whatever's left. But everything that was created as a debt still existed. She walked out from under it and created a new situation. I was left here with it. And now I'm supposed to pay. Well, I can only give you but so much because you took the other part that was handling this other stuff. And shortly after that, her being a social worker, she goes and files a complaint or goes uses the system, which I believe she knew the system and used it. So I would serve a clerk of court. I go down and we figure out how much it's supposed to be. And once it was figured out, I'm like, well, that don't add up because when I look at everything that's going out, it ain't in there. <laughs> Can you share? What was they telling you to pay? Uh, I think it was about 350 or something like that. 300, 350. But by the time all that other stuff got done <laughs> in this short window of time, it didn't exist. So what and happened? So, did you tell the judge, hey, I can't pay this. Or how can I afford it? What did the judge say? Well, well, here's the other thing. When you get served child support papers, you become criminalized. I would have felt better had I stolen something, wow. had I robbed somebody, had I you know, uh, uh, wrecked a car and killed somebody. But wow. because I didn't have no money, now I got. I'm forced to come see a judge. I'm dictated to, you're going to do this or you're going to do that, or else this is going to, that right there, that's criminalization. Okay. And, and it ain't looked at like that. It would be better if there was something in the system that would give permission. Okay. The two of y'all, you were married. Things were going good for a particular reason. It has gone sour. We can mediate this over here. And if you don't come in this mediation over here and you don't work it out from over here, now you need to come before Mr. Glenn because Mr. Glenn will lock you up. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Glenn. <laughs> now, I, I want to hear what Glenn and Anthony got to say, because in this situation, he would be what I would consider Mr. Right, but never right, no matter what he does. He says some powerful things, which we will have to address at some point. 
He says, plotted and planned. Women, we plot and we plan. And you will never outplot or outplan a woman. You just won't. Um, he said that there was no mercy. That it, that was important. He said there was no mercy. And that once you had this baby or even you had to be on go. You, there was never a time for downtime when you fall or pivot or get it back together or lose sight of, you know, you, you don't have that. It's get it and produce it and you better not drop this ball ever. New to the system. That's another thing. Women know the system because we use it. And most of our grandmas and grand great grandmas and our mamas and them, they use it and they teach us how to use it. And if you don't be, if you're not taught how to use it, you quickly learn how to use it when you got to go down there and apply for one food stamp. So you become, it's, it's an easy system, but I think because of the way we think, we can navigate. Men or women, they think differently. And I think the system poses one of the biggest obstacles for men because it, it was, it's like, I'd rather not deal. I'd rather not deal with it at all. And then criminalize where you said you would have felt better had you did a crime. Because being, having not enough money just wasn't, it didn't, it didn't justify feeling like a criminal simply because you couldn't have, you didn't have the means to pay. Now I'm going to turn it over to real quick before we go to Terrence, because I want to say, Glenn, what would you say? Well, you know, <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to be gracious here. No, 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 no. Don't get gracious because let me wait. Hold on. I'm going to say, don't be gracious because if I'm not mistaken, Adam is no longer in this situation or are you? Right. Absolutely not. No, no, no. So it's gone and done. So we talking to the old Adam. What would you have told the old Adam when he first got into this mess? This is a typical example to me of a couple having a problem and now going to blame the system of their problem. The system is not was not their problem. What was the problem? Problem was what they I mean. They had an issue with finances, and that happens. I mean, that happens to all of us. I've been through the boys, you know, stress. That I'm not blaming nobody for that. That happens. So when that happens, we all separated, and now the kid is living with the mom. You said she plotted the system. I don't know, know that there's a plot to go down and ask for help to raise your kid. That's not to me a plot. Mm. You want to get help from, and maybe sometimes couples can work it out. They don't have to do that. Y'all could come up to the agreement of paying how much is a month. If that's not the case, then she went to the child support system, which is not a plot. It's not a plan. That's what they're designed to do is to collect money for you based on the worksheet that you gave them. <laughs> this was amount you was law legally paid based on the worksheet. $350. I don't know how much you was making, but based on the worksheet, they said you had to pay $350 a month. You would have got a lot I mean, I've seen a lot of these cases where that's that's kind of a general one child working maybe a little bit above minimum wage pay that money per month per child. Now, people don't like that because they said, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Well, who's going to take care of your child? Is society supposed to take care of that? Does she supposed to take care of that by herself? No. You have to pay your part. And this part, your part was $350 a month. 
Did it mean, do you have no income? Perhaps you didn't because, because you was in over debt. You made the decision to stay there. So, which means now you got to get some more money coming in. Perhaps go get another part-time job. I mean, you have, this is a bill that you cannot afford not to pay. You cannot pay your light bill. You can get your lights cut off. You have to pay this bill. Now, you want to look at it as a bill if you want to. That's your child support obligation to your child. $350 a month. When you look at the budget of a household, $350 a month is a minimum amount you could pay because she's got to pay the rest of it. Hey, hold on. Hold on, Glenn. Hold on. And hold on, Adam. Because this was how long? 20-something years ago? How long was this ago, Adam? Uh, we got married in 1990. 1990. Now, 1992, we were split. Okay. So I, I guess I'm trying to think, in all fairness, there is here, I am married. We agree. I want to walk away from a house. You want the house. So we do the house with intentions to do this together. We yeah. are partners in this. And yeah. then you leave me high and dry. High and dry, man. With well, the and that that happens. People break up. They fall out of love. They, I mean, that's you can't stop that. Yes, Glenn. Glenn, you know what you need to do. You need to take your course and give it in premarital counseling. You know what? That's just what we're trying to do. Okay. Because after do. the fact, when people's hearts are broken, with their emotions all over the place, yes, they don't know what to do next. Then you want to hit them with a hammer and say, "Well, that's what the worksheet said." Because again, who's, who who is responsible now to take care of your child? No, no, you no, listen, listen. Had, had I had another mind, I wanted to run and duck and hide and leave. And hide. why do you think so many people are homeless? Because you are criminalizing somebody who made a bad choice or they split up and now the couple is in trouble. Okay. And if, if anything, you need to figure out a way to save the couple if they're able to be saved so we can raise the families in a, a dual parent household. Otherwise, the child would turn out crazy. The risks are immense. I ended up having to pray and the Lord delivered me. Let me tell you my testimony. My testimony is this. When I realized I was up against it, I stuck with Jesus and he began to give me wisdom. I had to, I learned to out-earn my problem. Black folk used to say, money ain't everything. Well, I'll be damned. If you're going to put me in jail for 600 bucks for 30 days, what's that going to accomplish? Nothing. All right? So I started my own company, my own service company, and I learned to out-earn my problem, and I did it. And once I got on top, I paid everything I owed every single month and some. And then by the last year, which was 12 years, in total, about 13 years, I had made, I don't know how many trips every two weeks for 12 to 13 years in a row because she moved one hour away right after we got everything situated with uh, uh, visitation. She moved an hour away, so I couldn't even get easy access to go pick him up from school and bring him back on Sunday. All right? That's a whole lot of mess to go through. And my mom died on top of that. And you saying, oh, just look at the worksheet. That is asinine, in my opinion. But what I did after that, I got on track. 
I paid it. I did the miles. I turned down other lucrative jobs so I wouldn't break my visitation because if I broke my visitation, I ain't going to take my child. And when you hear a woman say, well, that's my child. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I'm a pastor. <laughs> it's our child. And I wanted to be there. I never wanted a divorce. I never accepted it. All right. But I had to move on from it. I tried my best to figure out how to get it back together. Nobody helped us. All right. I realized we had 300 people at our wedding. We had two, one extra person at the divorce procedure. That was her mom. And I learned a whole lot from a whole lot of folk. All right. And as a man, there was no corner to go to. My mom had deceased. My relatives and people that got this mindset, well, if you're in this situation, you must have done something wrong. All right. If you're not caught up, you must be a deadbeat. All right. I was not going to allow myself to be labeled. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, it's Christ who lived in me then and now. And the, the 12th year, the child was honors in high school. He had started running track and field. The gift emerged. He got a scholarship to go to Western Carolina University. We, by that time, my other wife had deceased, so now I was a widow. I was well past this. I was never late, but I always, every month, got this thing. And even after I just paid it, it said in arrears, in arrears. Well, one day, and this was early on, I wanted you to get this. I had... I had caught up what was due that landed me in front of the judge. I caught it up because I did sell the house. I paid it, had the receipt for it. Yet that Friday, I get a, a, a sheriff drive up to my house. I said, oh, okay, what's this about? He said, well, uh, you need to come and, you know, whatever. I said, well, here's my receipt. He said, well, that's nice. Ride with me down to the clerk of court, and they'll look at it. They'll probably let you go. You know what they did? They arrested me. And expected me to stay in jail for the weekend and wanted a thousand more dollars to get out. You got you know what I did? me. You know what I did? I <laughs> prayed right there. My wife came to that window. I prayed right there with her. I went back in that song and I sang songs of Zion like Paul and Silas locked in jail. I said, I'm not staying here. I'm not supposed to be down here. All right. And just as you would have it, some guy walks in where my wife was on the other side of the window and says to her, well, she turns around and says, hey, it was a cousin from like 25 years ago who was nine years old last time she saw him. And she told him the situation. He pulled a thousand dollars out of his pocket and gave it to us to get out. And the wow. magistrate who had me kept in that place was a, a high school friend, a female working in the system, saw the receipt, paid in full, still put me in there. Why? Because I'm a black man. So was she a white woman? Was no, it was a black woman. What the devil? A black woman. But guess what? I got there at 5. I was out there by 6.30. I wouldn't stay in the weekend, and I got out of that mess. All right? But I I realize that if I'm going to survive this thing, this is called what? Solution, not the problem. I'm going to be the solution. I'm going to out-earn my problem. And eventually, I got the courage up to look at my ex-wife and say, look, I'm not afraid anymore. All right? I'm running to you. I'm not running from you. That is my son. I didn't want a divorce, but I got one. But watch what happens next. Those, those journeys, every two weeks up and down that highway on Friday night, all right, getting back at nine o'clock, got to be back at six o'clock on Sunday. All right, all those little journeys, we were listening to positive stuff and we were talking about stuff and I equipped him and trained him up. Guess what happened? Right. When I met my wife I'm married to now, which is 10, 11 years ago, 
he was a senior in high school. We went his senior year to his athletic banquets. We went to his prom. We went to his graduation, all this stuff. And then when he went off to college with his scholarship, we went and connected with his mom and dad, whom I had been praying for and have been asking the Lord to bless and to forgive them so that she wouldn't fall on harder times, that God would bring a, a man into his life who was a godly man who wouldn't be a pedophile. All right. I was target specific on what I was believing God for. And God made it all work together for our good. We took the boy to college. We all set him up together. He came out in four years with two majors and was a decorated track and field athlete and him and his wife came out of school because they went to school together my wife has sold him three houses in the last four years mm, okay. and now he makes more money than you and me both put together amen <laughs> because that's my testimony yeah and, and that it, is it, a powerful testimony adam and, and thank you so much for sharing i know this podcast is only an hour so we definitely got to get to our other hosts a week that is a powerful testimony and i'm very, very grateful that you shared that because God is 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 the common denominator. What you gonna say? I have one question. You said you felt like they criminalized you. How did they criminalize you? That's a good question. Glenn, when you get anything from the clerk of court saying appear before a judge, what do you think that's supposed to feel like? You go before a judge for you go before a judge. It's a you threat. Go, the threat yeah, said if you if you don't do this, we're going to arrest you. Yeah, because you didn't you didn't go to judge. I know I know why. You went because but that doesn't make it right. I know you went because yeah. they wanted to let you know this is the amount that you supposed to pay to take care of your child. What is criminal about that? What's criminal about it, there are bars involved. But they didn't put you in jail then. They'll say you have to pay this. Now, if you don't pay this, you go. What was, my what was my solution for being broke? Well, it, it, but it wasn't the court system fault. That's I, what I, I mean. I, I never mentioned the court system because I don't operate according to that system. I, know I got out of the system. That's for people that want to focus. I'm not in that. Yeah, I don't know if I, I heard you say you blame the system, but let me ask you this, Glenn. I people guess say that. people don't say they blame the system, but when you look at their talk, their language, how you saying it, that's what you're saying. This is the system fault that I'm in. No, if, if I was blaming anyone, I my blame was on her. How did you talk me into marrying you and you up and go shipwreck and leave, you know, when the first little thing happened? So I didn't say about the system, but once I got in, I used to go down there because I would have to appear quite a lot because I was having trouble catching up. And I would sit and watch sometimes. But then I realized I can't hear this. This mess is crazy. This Wait, is crazy. Let me hold on. Let me let me pause first. Let me break in for a second. So I think I hear what I hear Glenn saying is at any point in time, was there a point that said at the end of the day, I was still responsible for either she talked me into it, I still made that decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Glenn, he comes from, he has a strict response. Like, every, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's just your responsibility. As he's always going to come from that perspective. Um, but I do think there's something different. And there's all kind of nuances here. Because like he was saying, I'm not a deadbeat. I wasn't evading my responsibilities to be a father and provide, but I was in a position where my provision was limited to the degree 
that the court stated should be based on that damn worksheet. Okay. Now, also, the, the truth of the matter is he had a receipt showing that he had paid up all the arrears of the child support, but they still locked him up and wanted him to pay a thousand dollars to get to get out. If that's not, I don't know what that's called. No, I mean that that may be. I'm not saying the system is perfect by him. And I tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you there is a lot of issues. With you the know system. it is, Glenn. You but know I, these so, I know that. I'm in the system. I worked in for 13 years. I know they are. But I, what I, I'm saying is, there's a lot of problems with us that we blame the system for. Yeah. There's problems on both sides. But you can't expect. So now, it's, I mean, it's like you, you're still the victim because your wife talked you into getting married and she walked away from you. That's a victim mentality. I am the victim. You are not the victim. You said I do, just like she said I do. I was 25 years old. I wasn't 54 years old. It doesn't matter the age. You still see. Glenn, it it I was matter. a fatherless child, Glenn. It doesn't I didn't matter have a either. mom and a dad. You that can't be that. that you that can't be that. Get you locked up. Glenn, that doesn't matter either. Heartless. You are heartless. Get in here. You are callous. Baby, you Where is your mother? You're a man of God. Oh, no, he's Where not is your mother? He's not going to give it to you. You better ask him. I don't want it. I'm talking about for the other guys that got to come up. I'm telling you, whoever you are, stick with God. You, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. He'll give you a strategy. You can out earn it, all right? You, he will put relationships back together. The last four out of the last five years, my wife and my son and his wife and my ex-wife and her husband have all spent Christmas Day together. So wait, Adam, but here's the last five years, and we didn't talk for 18, what, what, however many years before I got married 11 years ago. Okay, so listen, this is what I also want to make sure, Adam, is that you know that even this was a long time ago. So today, we're not saying that you are this person. Well, he's trying to make it sound like it is now. And he's condemning the young brothers who are stuck because emotionally they're lost. They didn't mean to get divorced. They got to figure out how to move ahead. They need some grace to figure out the finances, the budget. So somehow, rather than criminalizing the thing, get a family counseling system in place and help the young folk get a, get a counsel, get a direction. Y'all may never come back together but here's some strategy you got 90 days you got six months all right if you can't figure out six months you come back in here and we're gonna figure this thing out but now, this is what you're gonna pay because we got to go to terrence as our second guest because we only have about 15 20 minutes glenn warren did have he has advocated to the court systems million guys to make sure that the men don't go to jail and so that the fathers do have an opportunity you know, to, to see this, I think because he sees this, this stuff over and over and he, you know, he can't escape what he sees and knows from his experience, but he is probably one of the only programs in the nation that is a divergent program, diversion program for the, for failure to go to court, for failure to pay child support. I don't know of too many others that have gone that far. And so I know he's hard. He's the, he's that one. He you he is that one on the panel. Um, mercy you're gonna get from me and Anthony because we just feel that. But we know today, I think that's an awesome testimony, and I would love for you to come back and share that because you that that right there is God. That's how, that's where men have to be in order to get to really solving 
that that others that thing that thing that festers in you and makes it ain't makes you angry and keep you in unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and you know and just anger that's the thing that you know we really have to to work through so thank you very much for sharing your testimony i think it's awesome i'm so glad you're on the other side and guess what the proof is in the pudding because your son is doing amazing and he had an amazing set of parents despite the choices of you that you guys made there were choices nonetheless, but you know, so let me ask you this, Terrence, let me go to Terrence real quick. Cause we have a little bit of time left. Sorry, Terrence. that we, you know, that was a nice conversation. Well, out of the five men, you know, Adam said he resonated more with the Mr. Right. Never right. Is there a character that you resonate with based on how we explained it? Uh, well, I mean, I was the person that did what I needed to do, you know, uh, paying child support on a, on a monthly basis. I just kept a practical atti attitude about it and just did it. So that resonate with. So, I mean, okay, so let's go back to how you, did you, were you in, did you go to court because you were a deadbeat? No, I went to court because I wanted to pay the child support. My parents, you know, when uh, me and my ex was not, we was not married, we were living together. So, when you know, uh, when she had the baby, my parents said, Take yourself downtown and pay child support, don't just give her the money. I was just giving her the money, and, and they said, Don't just give her the money because if you all, you know, if you break up or have an argument, she'll take you downtown to pay child support. So just go ahead on and pay it up front. Hmm. So that's what I did. Interesting. So they garnished, did they garnish your check or you just went down there to pay it to them? No, we just I just went down and set it up that way. I mean, I guess it is garnishment because they take it out every month. I was working with the state. So, you know, the state paid every month. They took it out before, you know, they put it in my account. They took that out. Um, do you regret that decision that your mom made, like told you to do? Do you think that looking back, do you regret not doing that or doing that? I mean, no, that was the best. I mean, that's the best thing to do. Go ahead on and set up the child support and pay it because you don't know how things things are, will go with, you know, uh, you and the you and the act or you and the, the person that you're involved with. But oftentimes you will see that things go south. And then, just like the gentleman said, then you got to uh, uh, you got to, to pay catch up. You got to prove that you've been paying if you ain't keeping receipts. Mm -hmm. So just set it up downtown. That way, you know. I mean, you got to take care of your child anyway, whether you pay the woman di directly or you or you pay it, you know, in child support. And and I actually did it both ways for ten years. I just paid child support um, and you know had it taken out of my check. Ten years later, I started my own business, a group home business. So, and me and my ex had split. Mm. So I called her and said, um, "Let me pay you directly X amount of dollars a month. Take me off child support." I offered her a good deal, so she wasn't going to turn it down. And we kept that going, you know, until the boys turned eighteen. So wait a minute, pause. So you telling me you go down there and you put the child support on on yourself, and then you got to ask her to take it off. You yeah, you gotta ask her. You off. gotta ask her to take it off because at that point you're paying. You know, uh, she's on the system. So well, let me back up. Her and I were living together. She was on the system. I was living with her in 
her her apartment. I'm working with the state, so I was taking care of the household anyway. I was her and I lived together for 10 years. So I worked and paid child support, which came right back in the house. Mm-hmm. And I was helping take care of the bills, you know. And then when we split after about 10 years, I started, you know, um, I started my own company. So at that point, and she didn't know how much I was making. So I just made a deal with her that I would uh, pay her directly. Not what I was paying in child support. I pay her th- th- about three times that much. Mm. But if she would have took me down to pay child support, I would have probably had to pay probably four times as much. Mm. So we just worked it out. And she was satisfied with what she was getting at that point. You know, she wasn't going to complain. <laughs> and, it, I mean, and it just worked out. Hmm. This is this is a situation where both parents decide to to do among themselves. That's what I mean. That's the situation where Terrence says, "You know what? You know, if if I go down and do the worksheet and tell her how much money I'm making, that was part on his part. They're going to charge me, you know, four times as much. He offered her three times. She said yes. That is a situation where both parents now came together and made an agreement, which should be done a lot of times." But a lot of times that's not possible. The other thing is when he went down to put a child himself on child support, which is a good thing too, because if you're going to pay child support, you need to have a record of how much you're paying each month, just in right. case there's a situation where you separate and you've been together five years, and she can say you ain't gave me nothing. And that will back. So what he did was absolutely the right thing to do, as well as what the other gentleman did when he got his stuff together. He decided that I'm going to go beyond the system. Since it's not going to control me, I'm going to take care of my own life. I'm going to raise above this. You did this right thing, and you took care of your kids. A lot of people don't do that. They run and hide. They're trying to duck the system. That's when they get caught in the system. You guys are a typical example of the system got involved in you. You were you rose above the system and became a man and did what you need to do in spite of everything that you went through. That's commendable. That's what needs to happen. That don't often happen. No. Trust me when I tell you, it doesn't. Well, both scenarios don't normally happen in the sense right. that I've not heard one man ever say that he that his mama told him to go down and put your stuff on because if she separates now, kudos to your mom. Shout out to your what's her name? Phyllis. Phyllis, shout out to Phyllis. I mean, she yeah. must have had some real live knowledge of wisdom because that's something that you might want. Well, she I was a social worker. Well, yeah. uh, I, I, you know what? But, but, but I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. Me, my, my son did that. This is this this is a good thing to do to go down and put your child a child for because eventually she will. Yeah. At least you'll have a record. Y'all hear but that? The other thing is. The other thing is, you don't necessarily have to do that, but if you pay her, you know, that's a good thing to do, but if you if you pay her every week, every month, you make sure you have a receipt and you have a counsel check that if she ever decided to take you to court, you could go for the judge and say, I've been paying this amount for the last five years. Here is every receipt. Yeah, but Glenn, you just said something. You said eventually she will. So what are you saying? That eventually... No, no, she may not. But if, if there's a situation where a lot of times when a guy go out and get a girlfriend, all hair breaks loose thin, she went out to the child support court and she's going to do that. 
Because oh, she hold on. I'm gonna get you, Glenn. Because <laughs> you, you see how you're saying that, ladies. It's like okay, I'm 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 double team. I'm for I, I got the double team going on. Because Glenn said, as soon as she get another girlfriend, we're gonna want to go be scornful and vindictive or whatever, and go and file <laughs> child support. Okay, I maybe probably. I, I see that a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everything is fine. She agreed to it. Until you come home with that girlfriend, I wouldn't even. Or have break loose then, and you at that point time. This, that's I know there are some women, and there are women out there for sure. And like we said, this is what this is what we're hoping that this podcast would do is bring more balance to the process, so that the good ones don't are not destroyed through because you know. It's just it's because there's also some moms out there that won't take the father to court. And there's some moms out there that says, all I really want is a father for my sons or my daughters. I'll give all the money back. Just be there. So you have those. And I just, but, you know, like you, know, you said. What, what I would to see, these two gentlemen came on that day talking about what they did. I would love to see gentlemen come on who say, I'm, a, I'm not a victim of the child support system. This is what I did. This is what I didn't do. Like last week, nobody well, showed up. The program. They're not going to come. They're not going to come. Because they didn't do the right thing. They didn't so why can't they say they didn't do the right thing? Uh, because they just don't, we just don't do that. That's so, so those same reasons why, and you should know best because you are working with that mindset on a daily basis, that same mindset is what Adam was saying, listen, dude, this, I was 25. These two I men didn't have here. none of these things. Right. I had none of these skills. Go these ahead, Adam, real quick before we go out. Um, I guess we're looking for solutions and not just... Um, you know, just bringing things up from the past, you know, and all the passion that I shared that with, you know, it's never really been shared. Maybe one or, one or two other people have actually known my story. Yeah. Uh, so when I talked to Brother Anthony last week, he sent me the link to your show and I was listening to the other lady and just hearing the different perspectives. There are a million different perspectives. But if you're trying to solve a problem and not make it worse, uh, you're dealing with human beings. All right. And, and when you're dealing with young people, I thought I was young at the time. Uh, in hindsight, because you never got married that early, all right, tried to do the right thing, and the child wasn't born out of wedlock like I was, okay, but the first thing goes wrong, right thing. If, if you're not, I would love to come to an older, wiser gentleman like a Glenn or an Anthony and say, hey, I'm going through this, but I get the sense that Glenn will say, well, get tough, because you need to do this, you need to do that, and I would say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. And I would go somewhere else and say, hey, and get somebody who can empathize with me or sympathize with me. So at least I can get my mind around what's happening. Because when you got the mortgage and you got this and you got the. the most the, fathers the, don't the, even have a mortgage. The abandonment issues. <laughs> all right, you, you, you know, you've been left. There's a whole lot going on. And so that's like, well, all that, all that matters is the worksheet. All that matters is the money. All that matters is because one of the concerns is for most of us guys, you're wondering, okay, if I give her this money and if you know her, is she going to put it on her hair or is she going to put it on the child? Is she going to put it on her nails? That's a big thing. We probably we, have to talk about that next week. But We, I have, a, we have a class for that. We have a whole class for that. Where your child's for money is going. Yeah, I think Glenn, we need to just one day just. Well, I, know what, I know what my child support money was going when I got my wife, my ex. When I got child support, my ex wife, I know exactly what wasn't going. It wasn't going to get my hair done. I didn't have any. 
but I know what was going. It wouldn't get my nails done. It was right, going to pay the light bill, you. the phone bill, the rent. That's what it was going. Amen. But come on now, Lynn. Lynn, that's you. Because you were that kind of dude. You was a dad. First of all, single dads is a whole nother different caliber. The fact that that's a whole nother different caliber. And I promise you, some of these child support, I know I used to get my hand done with the child support for sure. Okay, so, so you, but I was also paying all of the bills. So exactly. My point. You get three hundred twenty-five dollars a month. How, how how many bills did I pay? I mean, I paid the bills. I, I mean, I don't know, but three hundred twenty-five dollars. How many bills do that pay in your household? Maybe the lights and maybe the gas. Maybe two or three, maybe. Exactly. Who paid the rest? I had to pay the rest. Exactly. My point. Anthony, take us home with some words of wisdom. You heard two. You heard from two different perspectives. Two awesome testimonies. I picked up some nuggets from. Like just listening to both of their stories. What would you say? Well, well, first and foremost, make sure we do moving forward. Yeah, first and foremost, I commend both. Appreciate you coming on, man. Answering the call because you both had some good, you know, feedback. And um, you know, again, everybody's situation is different. You know what I mean? You can say all oh, jail. You can say whatever. You can say, you know, you don't have the money. But at the end of the day, it's going to take two parents as parent partners to come together to learn how to become parent partners and, and, and for the betterment of the child. Because once it's about the child and everything is going to be fixed. You know what I mean? But when you go separate and try to do things separately, I don't care if you separate or you, to, you know, you're fighting in court. You know, the court system is the system. And they're gonna lay it down on you. I, I, you know, I don't have time to tell my story, but um, sitting up here listening to y'all tonight, you know, it was it was good feedback. But most of all, um, well, you let know, me ask you this, Anthony, because your story is is quite different from theirs. While Terrence had right. a great woman who was sound logical, reasonable, you know, rational. He didn't sound like he had a lot of drama going on, whereas Adam didn't sound like a lot of drama, but like she made her mind up and her decisions were not, it, it was her decisions. He really didn't have a lot to do with his decisions. And in your case, you know, two of the moms were like evil. Now, that's my- Well, I had, many, I had many a case as well. One of the cases, just a little bit of it, I was doing what Terrence was doing. I didn't go down to the court. But me and a woman made a, uh, a deal to to pay her out of my pocket until I got it until we broke up until I got another woman. Mm. Once that happened, all that paying out of pocket, <laughs> even though she probably would have got more money from me than the courts, but she still went down to the courthouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, there's there's so many different scenarios in this thing. So, so let me ask you guys: I mean, Is it so? What? How do we solve that? Never get another woman. Do you lie? Do you hide her? Is she a, in the closet, chick? What do you do? Stay married. <laughs> <laughs> you said stay married. Right, right. That's the aftermath. That's the aftermath. Are you married? Huh? Is Terrence married? Yes. No. He's like, no. But his situation just worked out, though. His yeah, situation, like I said, everybody's situation is different. His situation worked out. 
without being married because you had two yeah. civil people. No, I wouldn't. Oh, well, <laughs> it, that, well, it, I mean, the money made it civil. It was far from that, but you know, I had to make it work for on my end by being practical. It was some craziness going on. That's why we never got married. Mm. No. But it wasn't about being married. It was about taking care of the child and, and, and moving on. But you still, I mean, I still had to make sure she got her money every month. That was going to keep her off my back. So. And you knew you that. Know. You knew that. Yeah, you had to make her happy. You had to make her happy. Uh, so, and all that means is you had to make sure she got her money. I gave her more than what she wished for. So she couldn't be nothing but happy. So I think the I think the moral of the story is for men that's out there watching, if you're young and you're trying to figure it out, like Adam was 25 with a wife and a and a house and a baby. That's a lot for a 25-year-old coming out of college. And Terrence, you know, even as a young guy, you know, doing this, Terrence had a stable state job. Not a lot of men have that. And even when it came to Adam, he didn't have you know, that state job with that income stabilization, but he grew the income by opening his own business. And so if you haven't learned anything, level up. The game is level up. He said, I outgrew or out earned my problem. Mm -hmm. And that was very critical. Level up, get your A game on, get whatever ed education, whatever kind of certifications you need. Don't like Glenn said, don't dodge and weave the situation. Handle it, run on it. Just like Adam said, I stopped running and I came right to her. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of the system. I will not be intimidated by you or the system. Yes, I don't have the money, but I will not let that define me. Not having enough money will not define who I am. And I am mighty. I am great. And I am destined for something great. And, you know, be able to, you know, communicate with that confidence. Because if a woman can, because just as broken as men can be, women can be just as broken. When she sees you in all who you are, in your confidence, in your, in your knower, in your strength, she will handle you differently. You dodge and weave and you show squirmy, you be squirmy and kind of like, you know, integrity is whack. You saying you're going to do one thing, but you do something else. She's not going to respect you. And then she going to run game and run you just for the, excuse my language, I don't want to say shits and giggles, but it's kind of like some women get off on this stuff. It's not cool. I'm just telling men, there are ways to earn money out there. And there are ways that you can address this financial situation. Just like Terrence said, he knew that he had to get her off her back. Give her her money. Worry about the other stuff later. And I, and I don't know if that's really the solution because some men would be like, yo, come on now. You got all of these justifications as to why it shouldn't even be this way. So you have a couple of experiences right before you. Choose one. I don't think you could go wrong. Either one of these gentlemen here on the show, they all have different experiences. But I know there's one thing that's constant. And I'm sure I can say is God. God, faith. And, you know, acknowledging, you know, this higher source, this creator, whoever you want to call him, God is for you and his plans for you are good. It's just this messy stuff that's getting in the way. So we are so happy that you have joined us. We hope that you will join us next week. I want these two fathers to spread the word, get out there, start talking to other fathers, because 
this is the thing that's tearing our families apart. These younger generations who don't have what you go, you guys have on cap. These are the kind of opportunities that we should be sharing. Fathers Forever, you know, the one program that I know, if you guys know of other programs in other states, please let us know. Email podcast at canilive.org. I'm going to, um, Monette, she can tell us all of the things to do, like our podcast page, subscribe to our YouTube page, all that good stuff. Go ahead. Um, hello, gentlemen. Hey, uh, Monette, Adam has one thing to say. Yeah, and I have been uh, supportive of Fathers Forever for several years. My wife used to work for um, uh, Ken Perry over in Raleigh, um, Methodist Homes for Children. And so I've been to a lot of the events and I've actually met Mr. Glenn different places. And yeah, uh, I remember you. He, he does great work. I was going uh, through, I didn't even know each other today. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> But um, so it's a great program and I appreciate it. And it is inspirational to men, but uh, there, there do need to be more uh, uh, tools that help people really transition. It, it can't just be a black and a white or an A and a B. It's, there's a whole lot between there that never get gets touched. Uh, if it's just about money, then like my man Terrence down at the bottom, man, if I just had the money, I, I might not have ever seen the child. I just ran off and just paid the money. <laughs> so right. really, but really what the child needed was me. Right, 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 right. And my child now tells me out of all his friends from high school and college that are connected to him, like really close, like he's like the leader of the group. They all wish that their dads had been involved mm -hmm. like I was, but I only yeah. saw him twice a month. Yeah. I only saw him twice, but that time was precious and viable and valuable and I made the most of it while I had it all right mm -hmm. and so you can see your dad every day and and you still ain't happy <laughs> it still don't turn out right but, uh, yeah. thank you for having me as a guest I really appreciate the opportunity We gotta come. I want you to come back because I want to I, I would love for you to be a part of our policy um committee we have a policy agenda that we want to put before congress um, and some of the congressional representatives, and we would love for you to just join us in shaping the policies that, you know, like making the divergent program. A lot of the things you even said, we can create some policy around. Okay. Well, somebody was going to say something, Glenn? Yeah, I was saying the dialogue that me, me and the gentleman, was, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Adam, Adam. The, the, and, and our group, we have these dialogues a lot. We disagree and we go at each other. Mm. But at the end of the day, we all know that sometimes iron shopping iron and what really brings us out is when we're challenged and the way we're thinking and how we think. The yeah. bottom line is he, he was not a runaway dad. He took care of his kids. So a lot, I challenge these guys the same way I challenge him. They push back just like that and we go back and forward. But at the end of the day, the guy walked up to me at graduation and said, you know what? This is one of the best events that ever happened to me. The best classes because it got me to thinking beyond what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And now they step up to the plate and they take care of their kids. Having a dialogue like this, it's not, it's not a that's bad thing. It's a good right. thing because that's we right. are really, you know, we're not, we're not competing against one another. We are we both got strong points of view, but we are both helping each other rise to the occasion. And the bottom line is taking care of your kids. That's what it boils down to. So we're going to give our applause to our guests. 
Thank you guys for joining, Monette. What you got? Thank you, um, Keith. We got our listeners out there. Keith Henry, um, Ron Hunt, all you guys. Thank you guys for joining us and just being a part of our panel. And what's, our the, what's the Facebook name? Monette. Monette. No, Monette, that's not the Facebook page. Oh. <laughs> the Facebook page for the show is Can I Live Podcast. Um, in our comments on um the on the Facebook Live on uh the I'm gonna put it actually in the comments on the Can I Live Podcast page, but in Raquel's R W Brillionaire on her. The feed on her um I'm gonna put it in page is on. I put the um link for our YouTube pages there. Please like and share. Um, where you I, put that? Like, it's in the comments. Oh, actual um on the stream right now. Um, subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, like the videos. All of our past podcasts are um up there on our um YouTube page. Um, like us on Facebook. We are Can I Live Podcast on Facebook. We're Can I Live Podcast on Instagram. You can like us, um, follow us on Instagram. Um, we're also on Twitter, Can I Live Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. We have our show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. It was lovely and refreshing to hear um, what your experiences um, were. Um, I thank God you guys are on the other side of it. Um, it's good for other men to hear that there is a other side, that they can come out on the other side. And if they're struggling and having difficulties right now, it doesn't necessarily have to be forever. And maybe with you, um, you guys as examples, you gentlemen as examples, um, maybe you've um, sparked something in them, given them a new idea, a way to approach their situation. Um, ultimately, um, we want to, um, help, um, active fathers. We want to help foster, um, fathers and mothers, um, um, fixing, healing, repairing their parenting relationships, um, so that we can, um, bring our families back together. Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll, we're going to have, um, I'll, we're going to have a relationship expert on talking about relationships and parenting and all that. So that'll be exciting, um, as well. We thank you so much and we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Also coming next week? Hmm? Is she coming next week? I think it's March 9th. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's March 9th. Okay. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Mrs. Jones. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Jones. You are very gracious and merciful. What you said? I said you are very gracious and merciful. Well, thank you. Some might disagree, but thank you very much. We will be in contact for sure. Absolutely. All right. You guys have a good night. Have a good night. Bye bye.